Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading episode 144. As England prepared to take on Ireland HQ, we discussed the team, Haskell turning MMA fighter and World Rugby's revision of the laws. You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that leaves England will win the World Cup in 2019. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, a few days off and we are back to discuss the next big uh, warm-up game for England against Ireland at HQ on Saturday. And you'll never guess what, we're joined by Dan. Oh yeah, good to be back. Oh, do you know what? I listened to the pod the other day. Billy did a really good job in fairness. He did. And, and... He's, he's natural, isn't he? He's quite. He's, he's natural. He talks well. He comes across with good points. Dan, he's less we, of a we, we get it. than I am. <laughs> we get it. You, you've got a bit of a soft spot for him. You've never spoken to him. You've never met him. It's a bit weird, but it is what it is. Well, I, and it's I 2019. Like, uh, I feel like one thing I should probably point out: the whole. East Grinstead, Eastbourne thing. I haven't played for East Grinstead for years. I mean, I played for them when they were good. Uh, <laughs> I haven't played for for ages. They're my club association now. My club loyalty is 100% the mighty Chess Valley. But um, no, Billy, I thought, I thought that it was a good podcast. I enjoyed it. Good. I'm glad to hear it. It was a, it was a longish one, but you know, we had to introduce Billy. And, uh, and we're going to be doing it again this weekend because you're sadly unavailable again, aren't you? I know, mate. I don't know. Like they're making me with work and stuff. They're making me actually go in and do work and shit. It's so weird. It's so annoying. Mm. I mean, that's the that's the benefits of the old uh, Monday to Friday. Take your weekends off. But hey, hopefully, putting in all this graft now uh, just is going to stand you in good stead for when the actual tournament begins, and they'll uh, and they'll give you a bit more of a, a break. But it's great to have Billy as backup. Um, and you know the way things are going, who knows? You know, he was going to start putting pressure on you, mate. Have you got any messages for him? Um, no, no, nothing specifically. I actually, to, to be fair, actually thought he did a uh, fairly good job. I mean, that doesn't change the fact that Eastbourne Road Club is still shit. But um, you know, as a, as a pod, as a guest for his first pod, he was. I thought he was brilliant. Like I listened to one we did the other day because I noticed it had a load of downloads, and I listened to myself, and I'm fucking annoying. I, I annoyed want, myself. I didn't want to say anything, mate. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like, oh my god, who is that prick? Oh, that's me. Cool. Shut up, dickhead. Smooth. But, Let, let's stop uh, putting ourselves down. Well, I'm not putting myself down, but and uh, and let's focus on this. It's been a, it's been an interesting. I was going to say it's been an interesting week. So much has kind of just turned up in the last sort of 24, 48 hours. Um, obviously, a big part of why we're doing today's episode is to talk about the team, and we're going to come on to that. But there's a whole load of other stuff that we're going to talk about. Um, but before we go through any of that, we've had some feedback. Uh, a couple of reviews, a few interesting points. So I thought I'd go through those. Um, so Andrew Moore, who is, um, I hope I'm saying that right. <clears throat> he is, I think, the guy who's going to school us on front row um, etiquette awesome. and, and and just generally anything to do with the front row so that we don't make the uh, ridiculous mistake of getting our loose and our tight heads the wrong way around. But he says, uh, great semi-live pod with guest host Billy. Uh, I thought the Wales game was exactly what Eddie wanted to have. It's like a pre-season game. You want to play some of your plays, but not all of them, as you show your hand to the opposition uh, of what your game plans are. In regards to Joe Marler playing both sides of the scrum, I think it's the worst decision Eddie has made. Joe spent all of his professional career specialising at loose head. The technique of tight head is completely different. When you think we have Argentina and France in our pool and their scrums are pretty ferocious, uh, I feel you need your props to be playing in the strongest positions. 
In regards to starting props, I would actually start Dan Cole ahead of Kyle Sinclair as Dan is a solid scrummager and line-out operator. Also, Sinclair would have a massive impact with 25 minutes left anyway in Eddie, we trust Andy. Nice, so, good points. I quite like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes a nice change to have someone making a, a valid, educated point about the front row who actually knows what they're talking about. So uh, great to be able to share that. And yeah, we're not going to make the mistake of even attempting to um, debate what you're saying. We, in in Andy, we trust. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, think, I think we need to leave that stuff there. Uh, it's an interesting point. And yeah. Thanks. <laughs> we've also had. Let's a, not take on someone better than us at this. Uh, we've also had a message from Tom Berry. Now, this we, we've spoken about Tom before. This is not the Tom Berry that we knew at uni, by the way. This is a oh. different Tom Berry, um, and he says, uh, "Just wondering." Mike Brown was called back into the Treviso training camp squad, uh, which suggests that at the time Eddie felt he needed a specialist fullback. However, he was sent home for whatever reason and not included in the squad for the first Wales match and the final thirty-one. The main change in the squad personnel between Treviso and this and this selection. Uh, World Cup Bolton McConaughey. <clears throat> sorry, yes. Yeah, so the main the main change in the squad personnel between Treviso and this selection was World Cup Bolton McConaughey. Uh, there's been a lot of reference to his uh, positional flexibility, but most importantly, his aerial ability. Add to this his extensive experience of playing in tournaments abroad while on the seventh circuit, and I wonder whether he's set to play a bigger role in the World Cup than expected. Eddie's been desperate to get him game time, uh, making late calls in both Wales matches and has kept him in the squad at the expense of a second tight head, which is a massive call. What do you boys think? Reckon he can force his way into full back, uh, into fullback for the big games at the World Cup? Question mark. Um, so one of the things I'd say when it's saying about like positional and his aerial ability and his um, experience abroad, I mean, Mike Brown has all of that, probably more so. Um but it's an interesting one, like not taking not taking a nine front row. I don't think he's going to be our starting fullback. I, I think it will be Daly or Watson. Um, but he could play. I, I think it's a good point. He could actually be more integral than we're thinking, uh, along with Piers Francis, actually, weirdly enough. I, I do wonder whether Eddie has a plan for them that has not yet been revealed. I feel like with I feel like there's something still to come around. Well, the whole McConaughey thing is, you know, we're all desperate to see what the fuss is about, right? I mean, m- most of us haven't really paid that much attention to him throughout the season, um, and he's been called up to England. It's come as a surprise to a, to a lot of fans, and we want to know what's this about. And Eddie has a habit of making these calls and getting it spot on, um, but obviously the injuries have just meant we haven't been able to see it yet. Um, Billy had the theory that he's there to uh, soak up any injury damage, so, you know, for, to, to ensure Manu stays fit, um, possibly. <laughs> uh, but it's, it, it, I think we want to see him, right? We want to see what this is all about. We want to see why he's been selected. And, and, and we're all kind of crossing our fingers that it's like, wow, it's another Willie Hines type uh, selection. And we're all going, how's this guy not been involved until now? So, so Willie, Willie Hines has been awesome and has been, I think, so far the find of uh, the, the squad. The find is maybe the wrong word, but I think he's been the star of the squad of a standout. I think the find um, is probably correct because I think most of the others, you know, we we know a bit about. Willie Hines has come along and we've all, and in pretty much everyone to a man has been like, why, you know, what about Dan Robson? Mm. Um, you know, what about Spencer? You know, 
it's kind of like everyone sort of questioned it, and then he had his one get his first, you know, he had his first cap against Wales, and everyone went, "Why is he not starting?" Yeah, yeah. So I think you know to call him the find, our find of the World Cup so far, is probably fair comment. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. I, I, I mean, it's rare that it's rare that you get that from me. Um, very rare. But, very you know, rare. Credit where it's due. And um, credit where it's due. But back to McCauley, Um Cover. Yeah, I. Uh, to an extent, I don't think he's not yet. Definitely not yet, as he worked his way into a, a starting spot. And actually, if there's talk about, so people say when Billy was saying about Manu, so that, I think that's assuming that he potentially is a centre cover. I think an international centre is of actually no, no, no. Sorry, so it wasn't cover for Manu. It was a slight tongue in cheek, witch doctory type thing. Billy was suggesting that maybe he, uh, you know, because McConaughey keeps getting injured. It's like it's like he's he's secretly stealing all the injuries away from Manu in order to oh, keep other people safe. I missed that. It was yeah, Lad yeah. Bantz. It was Bantz, exactly. Lad Bantz. Sorry, my bad. Um, oh right, okay. In which case, yeah, take my point. Um, yeah, we we need to see him. We we need to see. I what think he's that's the bottom bring. line here, isn't it? It's difficult to answer the question because we haven't seen him. So yeah, he, he could you could be spot on. He might he might be an absolute bolter. Uh, he might be the best fullback we've seen since. Robbo, um, but we're not going to know until we see what he can actually do with ball in hand in the white shirt. Um, so, and, and that's not going to happen this weekend. I, and I presume that's because he's still injured. Because I th- would have thought otherwise, Eddie would have found a way to involve him. Um, so, I'm presuming he's still dealing with his injury. Uh, we will obviously confirm that. I, I mean, it has to be, doesn't it? He'd at least be on the bench. You, I think it must you, be. You'd think, given how hard Eddie's tried to get him out there, that yeah, if he was fit, he'd be he'd be getting a shot this weekend. So maybe we'll see him against Italy. Hopefully, we'll see him against Italy because it'll be a bit odd to have someone that we've never seen, who's never played for England before, who's going to the World Cup, having not even played in a single warm-up game. Eddie um, has a lot of faith in him, and Eddie has does. a Eddie's a hell of a scout. Um, anyway, we, we're not quite done with the reviews, which is always nice. Uh, so we've also had a review from a well, it's not from an Aussie, or at least I don't think it is, but from Australia, uh, from Dog or Be Dogged. <clears throat> Uh, five stars. He says, light-hearted and on point. Morning, boys. I've only been listening to you for about a month now as I get into World Cup mode, but love it so far. I'm living in Vietnam, so not Australia at all, but heading to Japan for the World Cup. I'll be going to the game in uh, Sapporo. Sapporo? Sapporo. I can't say it. Against Tonga. Uh, even though we're playing the two weakest teams in the group, do you feel that England will feel their full-strength team out in those games or not? Uh, I do you know what? I have no idea. Normally, I would say no, but with Eddie, I just have no idea. And because part of me thinks you've got to save them because see what France did to Scotland. I mean, France are a genuine real threat. I mean, Argentina ran the All Blacks close. I mean, that's I mean, two tough games. I yeah, think he'll Scotland have made fourteen to... changes for for their next game against France because they're playing them again this weekend, aren't they? Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what happens this time. But even so, France. France showed what they can be capable of. I mean, the Scotland team wasn't Mickey Mouse. No, I mean, I'll be honest, I haven't seen it. Um, it annoyed me too much that it's on a sports channel that uh, I don't even know what it is. Um, I feel like when you've got Amazon, Netflix, um, Sky, uh, Terrestrial, there shouldn't be another channel that you need to get to, get to watch sport. I'm getting a a bit fed up of it. Those should cover it. BT, Um, Sky, yeah, like say Amazon, Netflix, Now TV, and then suddenly 
Oh, new TV, new channel. Fuck off. Yeah. So, yeah, a little bit annoying. Didn't get to watch that game. Uh, I, I'm sure that there have been plenty of highlights. I just haven't had a look at them yet. But, uh, yeah, scoreline would suggest that it's something to be concerned about. But I think, you know, England have been... Well, actually, no, we'll come on to that. Because our next review is from... Why did I Why did I go and close that particular page? Not very helpful. Uh, it's from... Lars Girl 2456983. Very enjoyable podcast. Four stars, not five. Hopefully we can do something to change that. She says, I really like this podcast. As others have said, I enjoy hearing views of other fans just like me. Be good to get the female perspective from time to time. My only slight criticism is I wish they were as forthright at pointing out the England team's weaknesses and areas to improve as much as they point out the positives. I enjoy hearing from two confident England fans, but after the defeat to Wales this last weekend, it felt too biased to England, and I'd have appreciated more of a realistic overview of performance. Firstly, thank you for uh, for reviewing us and for the four stars and for, for reaching out. Um, and uh, secondly, I think, look, <laughs> we, we could absolutely do all of that and, and, and we could point out England's weaknesses and we could try and be a much more kind of professional unit. And uh, But that kind of... Defeats the purpose of what we're trying to do, doesn't it, Dan? It, it's not. It's not really our DNA. It's a completely fair point, and actually, yeah, yeah. For, I, I think it's actually a really good review. It's a completely fair point, but that—that's not us. We're both stubborn, rose-tinted English, just like cheerleaders. It's, it's our, I mean, it's, it's our USP. We're unflinchingly positive about England. When when, yeah. when when things are dire, we will find a way to turn it on its head. And don't get me wrong, I am absolutely not trying to drive any of you uh, to any other podcasts, but I think, you know, see see us as as a as a nice uh, side dish um <laughs> to to have with your more um kind of balanced podcasts. Uh you know, there, there's We're plenty like out a there cauliflower really... cheese. Exactly, or, or yeah, exactly, or, or or some piri piri fries or something. Um nice. well, why not? Bit of coleslaw. It's not important what we are down. Uh What's important is, you know, we are the light-hearted, super positive, uh, rose-tinted um, version. You know, the, the, everyone has these feelings. We're, we're, we're kind of presenting them for you all to listen to. And, and for some of you, obviously, uh, typically the, the Welsh supporters who listen, and there are some of you out there, um, you know, you, you see it as an excuse to have a laugh at our expense. And from time to time... Uh, that's exactly what you get. I predicted a England win last weekend by 16 points. They have electricity in Wales. Shit, it's changed. Sorry, mate, carry on. I don't know how to follow that, mate. Anyway, <laughs> the point is, um, we completely get what you're saying, uh, and it's a fair point. Uh, we are biased, but we put our hands, hold our hands up, and uh, and say that um, that is kind of what we're here to do. Um, but and I, I just don't think I can bring myself to to draw on England's shortfalls. But also, but, though, that said, I, I genuinely don't think that last weekend's result is something that we need to worry about. I don't think it needs us to say that it's a real concern and point out flaws. You know, yeah, there are, there, there are areas to work on, but I think that's what the game was right off the bat, right? That's what we went out to do, was to try and identify areas for improvement. And, and for me, most importantly... That wasn't our first team, and when we br- when we yeah, brought sorry, people well when we brought people on in the second half in the last twenty minutes there was a there was a clear 
improvement in the way that England were playing. And I have absolutely no doubt that had we played our first team in that game against that Welsh side, we would have won. I so, so I, I completely agree with that. Yeah, but sorry, was it Lars? Uh, to go La- back yeah, to Lars girl and then some numbers. So Lars, if you're listening, what what I'd say is I think that Arsenal has to be less biased. I'm afraid a bit of a swing and a miss. But what point she did make, which I think is excellent, is actually we'd love more female input um, from that point of view. So please, Lars, please do keep getting in touch. Let us know your thoughts and any other women out there listening because it is massively male-dominated, which is just the nature of our listener group. But it's, it's really interesting to get sort of views from all different types. So I think that's a really good point. But I'm afraid with regards to trying to even out the bias, yeah, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, I was going to say, we've got to just be honest and say, sorry, um, that's just not us. But we will try to... I mean, maybe we can try and be more positive about the opposition. No, I didn't think so. Um, yeah, I, I, it, I'm it is what it disgusted is. with you right it, now. It, it is what it is. Uh, I think looking at that Wales game, um, you know, England played a second string side uh, against Welsh, uh, another Welsh first team or there or thereabouts. Uh, it came down to a seven-point margin. Wales scored a try that whilst, whilst it was legal... It was like it would be legal to score a goal in football after the opposition has intentionally kicked the ball off the pitch. You can do it, but you don't. You kick the ball back to the keeper as a show of um, kind of sportsmanship. Uh, you know, we had we had Anthony Watson in the process of leaving the pitch after being given a yellow card, which some argue was unreasonable. Whether it was or not, I'm not sure it was necessarily. I think he probably did put his hand out in a way. I don't think he intentionally tried to knock the ball on, but I think he positioned his hands so that there was the possibility that he might prevent the pass being made whilst making the tackle. Nevertheless, he got a yellow card. He was on his way off. So he was only halfway. He wasn't even halfway off the pitch yet. Willie Hines had gone off for an HIA. We were waiting for Ben Youngs to come back on. And I think it's right that in those situations, the game needs to be stopped for a minute whilst those sorts of things get sorted out, particularly the HIA situation, because the HIA, is, it's a forced, you know, you're required to leave the pitch. You're not leaving because you've been penalised. Potentially you're leaving because someone's made an illegal, illegal hit on you. Um, but the, the fact is, is that, yeah, if you have to leave the pitch for 10 minutes to go and have an HIA, the opposition shouldn't be able to take advantage of that. Uh, and that's what happened. And incidentally, they've now changed, the rug, World Rugby has now changed the laws. So that's now no longer... A, possibility so the try that Wales beat England by uh, wouldn't have been allowed if it happened today it's uh, it's actually it's an interesting one because to me I thought well played Wales like they did that some and I'm glad it happened I think that's a really good lesson to learn now and what I mean some of the England boys anyway you look at it I know it's been changed and things like different but anyway you look at it some of them were just so unaware, which you can't have in international rugby. They knew about as much their surroundings as Justin Sangster did when he shit himself at Mouse and Polly's wedding. But he, they just, I think it's a good lesson we learned. And I quite like the fact that we learned that lesson because I don't think that will ever happen again. Agreed. I mean, this is what Billy and I said at the time. Um, you know, it's it's not like it's, uh, oh, England really need to work on this. It's, uh, this thing happened. 
it's never going to happen again because now now it's happened to you. You you're aware. You're like, okay, we can't take anything for granted. We can't we can't assume fair play anymore. Um, but you know, it's it's one of those lessons. It's like you say, it's, it is a lesson learned, but it's one that you learn instantly. You don't have to go and train for it or practice for it. It's just okay. From now on, we need to be more alert in those situations. Um, it, it was frustrating because twice England were called back from quick penalties. Um, that that I think you know it was a slightly unreasonable to do, but um, but you know these things happen. But for me, the bottom line is England played a, a kind of makeshift side, and they only lost by seven points and. Those seven points came from a questionable tactic from from Wales, and if that's the best that the number one team in the world can do at home, where their where their record is by far the strongest, then I think that you have to say, you know, from an England perspective, we're not in a bad place at all. Um, yeah. So for, I think for the first time in a long time, you know, I've come away from a loss, going, I'm okay with it. Like, yeah, it would have been great to have won. Um, but but I'm okay with it because I don't feel like it's had a, a particularly negative impact on our World Cup preparation. I think it's been good for our World Cup preparation. I think it's only going to make us a better team. I think if we lost to Ireland though this weekend, I think there might start be a few nags in the head, especially with the team we're putting out. Absolutely. I mean, the, the, yeah. The difference is this this time around. You know, okay, there's a few positional things that are that are still we're still trying things out. But but you look at this side, and if you look at it from a you know, are they first team, second team? Um, it, it's a very strong side that we're putting out this weekend, as Ireland are doing. On the flip side, so yeah, it'll be really interesting uh, this weekend. And you and you're right, we can't hide behind a result this weekend in, unless we're trying out things, which we might be. But you know, the bottom line is it's about what happens in a few weeks' time, isn't it? Um, so we shall see. But before we get on to the team, still a few more things. Uh, James Haskell. It's a it's an interesting one. So for those who don't know, James Haskell has now signed, is it with Bellator, as yep. a MMA fighter? He has. His first fight will be next year. I I think he'd be quite good get- at it. I'm sure he will. He, he's it's an not, athlete. It's he's not going to be well. Yeah, but you say it, but it's not going to be like uh, Freddie Flintoff becoming a boxer, which was just a joke. I think James Haskell's a lot harder than he gets credit for. And put it this way, I 100 percent would not want to go in the ring with him. But no, well, if you I, consider I don't that, think, I don't think he will be top level. But if you consider MMA is not, it's not all about flying kicks, and you know, it's a lot of it is is. The, the grunt work on the floor, isn't it? And it's the yeah. sort of thing that someone like a James Haskell is going to know exactly how to do that. I think he could be quite quite useful. I, I don't think he'd. I don't think he's going to ever get to a world level, if I'm honest. But I hope he proves me wrong. I hope he proves me wrong. But I think that's quite cool. And I, do you know what? I have massive respect for his, just for his energy and his. You know, he quits rugby. He could easily take time out. I'm sure he's got. Plenty in the back, but he just straight away throws himself into the next thing, and I think that's a massive. Um... I mean, one question I have got: if if he's if he's in good enough shape to become an MMA fighter, why is have he... you seen the pictures of him? Why is he like... why is he retired from rugby? Um, well, I mean, he was saying so. That that's another thing that I wondered about a bit when I saw it, and I guess it's probably slightly different, but he's basically retired from rugby because. He, he just can't keep playing with his foot or whatever. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he was saying that 
he was just in pain all the time. But I feel like that would go away training as an MMA fighter, fighting as an MMA fighter. If I'm an MMA fighter going against him, the first thing I'm doing is the old foot stamp. <laughs> Boom. So I'll get the old uh, pinky toe. Yeah. Oh, um, we have gone, yeah, we've gone kindergarten playground rules. Dan, who, who, with this in mind then, who else would you like to see? Who would you like to see in the ring with him from the rugby world? Uh, I think Sonny Bill could, uh, well, I mean, he was a good boxer. I think Sonny Bill could probably throw it. Um, who who would I like to see in the ring with Haskell? Um, Not necessarily with Haskell. That's just because of the news. But, you know, who else would would, would make an interesting MMA convert? Who would? Uh, so I reckon Manu. Manu would be hard, but... Again, big. I think you probably want somebody. I, I, Liam Williams, apparently. Apparently, that guy is pretty damn hard. Really? Hard as nails. Apparently, yeah. Apparently, he can. Uh, he can handle himself like really well. Uh, I, I think he's one of the hardest in the Welsh teams, allegedly. Do you know who else was meant to be uh, a very accomplished fighter? Was Brian O'Driscoll? Really? I'm pretty sure Brian O'Driscoll was accomplished at everything, but. Um, so I'd be interested. I reckon Owen Farrell would just go, would just go caveman, chop some shoulders. Uh, George Ford would be hiding in the corner. Now George Ford's quite a brave guy, but I, I don't think he probably has the stature to be a. Uh, no, I think we huge... probably need to to look away. Generally speaking, away from the forwards. I think uh, Big Joe probably hold his own. Manu, jo- Manu, just no one be able to put him down. Um, Big Joe Cockenzie. He yeah he he would be a handful wouldn't he? I think 120 kilos is always going to be a handful. Um, but yeah, looking away from the the back line, I think you have got to be looking at some of the big boys. What about what about Joe Marler? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Joe Marler would be quite tough. Um, he I looks like have... Joe Marler looks like an MMA fighter. Yeah, he does, and Joe Marler's huge and strong. When I because I mentioned you the other day, didn't... yeah, I think I think Genji doesn't mind a row. Um, I messaged you the other day, didn't I? Saying about with Joe Marlow, I was like, "How much is he benching?" Because there was, uh, I, I can't, I think it was um, one of the like shows that they're doing about following the rugby. But Joe Marlow's got a bit of power behind him. A little bit, a little bit. He's not not a small man. Uh, I think we need to remember. There's lots of chat about coming out of international retirement, and it is international retirement he came out of. He, you know, he's still very much was still very. No, 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 no. He's retired from. Oh, Queens. oh, Marla. Sorry, sorry. Marla, I thought yeah. you went about Haskell. No, no, no. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Marla. So he's he's still obviously in in good shape because he's still playing professional rugby, but but you know he's just focusing on Quins and he didn't want the international burden that it put on his uh, on his family. But you know, World Cup comes the beckoning, and um, <laughs> you'd be mad not to. Uh, his wife was probably like, do you know what, this whole you being at home all the time, uh, it seemed like a good idea at the time, but uh, actually, look, if they'll have you back, can you can you uh, go to Japan, please? Sounds like my missus. Um, it's, yeah, uh, Joe Marlowe, I'm glad he's back. Um, just quickly on the James Haskell thing, one last, apparently Andy Powell, do you remember Andy Powell, the Welsh mm-hmm. um, back row who stole the golf cart? Apparently, he's challenged him to a fight. I, I don't think they. Uh, I don't think they see eye to eye on certain things. Awesome. Um, I'll be quite proper, interested. Proper grudge match. I would back Haskell to destroy him. Andy Powell yeah. was a tough guy, but I would back Haskell. To I, I think him. the thing with Haskell is that he's so professional in in what he in, in what he does. You, know, you look at his his rugby. Despite what you think of him personally and his whole social media uh, kind of profile, and you know, 
the, the what what he's like is the the Archbishop of Banbury and all of that. When it comes to the hard graft, you know, he there aren't many as professional as him, and I think he's going to do the same thing here. He's just you know we, he's already let's be honest, fitness is not something that you worry about when it comes to Haskell. You know, he's he's built a brand around it. Yeah, completely. And he's going to be in great shape. Yeah, exactly. He's going to be in great shape. He's going to train hard. He's going to do the right kind of training with the right kind of people. It's one of the reasons why I think I wouldn't underestimate his ability to to make the the kind of the crossover. Um, We'll wait and see whether he's any good. But yeah, I think I think someone who just thinks of themselves as a bit of a hard man challenging him because they don't like him from the rugby field, unless they're also professionally trying to professionally trying to uh, develop a career in it, I think I would back Haskell 100%. Um, yeah, Haskell would destroy him. The, the other slightly interesting bit of news this week is Ben Teo has signed a short-term temporary contract with Toulon as, co- as World Cup cover, because obviously they're losing players like everybody is for the World Cup. But as a result, he's ruled himself out of a potential call-up uh, should England need him? What do we think? I, about this? I, I think, and when we would briefly spoke about this before, I actually think he got told he's not, he's going to have no part in it. I think he might have been ruled out completely anyway. But if not, I was listening to um, actually James Haskell's podcast, House Rugby, and Chris Robshaw was there. And he was saying, like, you know, I now know I'm never going to put on an England top. And they were like, well, what if injuries and things? And as uh, Robshaw said, you can't live like that. You've got to be realistic with yourself. And realistically, T.O., yes, he could get called up. But I think with what went on and the way he was dropped, and I, I don't know the full story by, by the fight, but I think clearly Eddie's probably made it clear he doesn't have, this is just my thought, doesn't have intention of calling him up. So Ben T.O.'s got to, you, you know, he's out of contract. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so he, I think that there's two sides to this, isn't there? On the one hand... These guys have short careers, uh, injuries, and he's certainly, um, you know, not someone who who doesn't understand the impact of, of injuries. He's had a few of them. Um, I think thirty three games in three years or something uh, is what he's played for Worcester. Um, That's a good investment. And so yeah, and so you know, if someone wants to pay him a, a ludicrous amount of money to go and spend three months playing. I hundred percent get it. And if he if he's confident that he's not going to get the call up. I suppose even if there is the chance of a call up, if he feels let down by the England setup, um, you know, and he's following the money and he's considering his future, like fair, fair enough. But on the other hand, it's like it's a World Cup, and if you've been told stay, you know, as a lot as Eddie keeps saying, there's lots of guys who've been let down who've been told, you know, make sure you stay match fit and match ready because you never know. And he's gone. I don't care. I'm going to do this anyway. I don't know. It's a difficult one. I, I know, I ninety nine point nine percent of the time, I am one hundred percent with the players who take who follow the money because you know careers are short and you've got to make sure that you're supporting your families. They come first. There's just something about this, and maybe it's simply that there's a bit of controversy around why he was dropped uh, that just makes me feel a little bit like is there more to it than meets the eye? Yeah, possibly. I mean, don't forget Toulon as well. I suspect there's a, a fair bit of. Johnny Cashington involved, so you would you would think so. Well, look, Dan, especially we, short term. Yeah, sorry, that's I was, was going to say, should we focus on the main event uh, for today's episode and start looking at this team because it's the first one that we've seen 
that really kind of looks like it's you know something that could do some damage during the World Cup. So the one. So the so, okay, I'll I'll start with you. So there's actually I'll just quickly start. So obviously Marla George saying, "Yep, yeah, cool." Uh, Matt goes on the bench, great. Toto Cruz, fair enough. Curry Underhill, Billy, I love him. We'll come back to that. Um, this is where so Young's to start. Yeah, I think he needs to start. Ford Farrell to Alagi. Um, what what are we thinking about that sense of partnership? Um, it's trying something new, but bearing in mind the sort of game plan was sort of almost having the manage to Alagi the big crash. Um, I mean, are we, is that? too much of a different game plan is is that going to cause any problems uh, i think do we is, want the ford farrell again i think what's going on here we we know that the ford farrell is is a thing it typically comes in in the last 20 um under eddie jones um i think what we're doing here is he's saying look when you have farrell at 10 tulagi at 12 and then either slade or jj at 13 you've got the two playmakers more so in slade either side of the big crash ball man. Right now, he's he's saying Slade's obviously injured, he's unavailable, and we've seen JJ a couple of times and he's looked great. You know, put that in your pipe or whatever. <laughs> that, that, let's put that to one side. We know we know what's going on there. And he's on the bench, so he, he, you know, he still has a, ch- a chance to come on and do the usual. And I'm sh- I suspect that's some, the sort of thing we're likely to see. Um, I think he's saying, well, look, if, we, if that's not the option... Then you've got to get your playmakers at ten twelve instead of at twelve instead of ten thirteen. Yeah. So how do you do that? Well, I guess the options are you go Farrell ten, Francis twelve. I, yeah, I don't really know. I think I think that's probably where we're where we're going here. It, there is an element of still trying out combinations because it's about being certain about all the different varieties that, that are available. For the World Cup, you know these are still warm. as much as we as the fans want to see this being treated as a genuine Test match where winning is is the be all and end all. The, the bottom line is that's not the case. Um, you know it is still very much a testing ground. There are still a few weeks to go. We're still trying to just get everything right. And he's looking at another combination. It's not the first choice combination, I don't think. Um, but it's certainly yeah. something that we that there's a good chance that at some stage during the World Cup we're going to see Ford at ten with Farrell at twelve. And I, and I think it, I actually think George Ford's playing really good rugby at the moment. So I, I think actually, yeah, it is. If we're going to revisit that, now's the time because they had massive success with that. They did. I mean, it was mixed, wasn't it? We, there, were, there were there was there were ups and there were downs. I think the last time they started like this was against it was the second test against South Africa in South Africa, which we obviously lost, um, and it yeah. obviously resulted in us losing the series. Um, so, so you know, on, on that basis, it didn't really work then. But it, this, the rest of the team wasn't the same. Um, I think that last week, some, something we kind of lacked in the first 60 minutes was, we've said it plenty of times before, George Ford is not a, uh, you know, he's not, a, a, he's not going to create the magic moments, really. You know, he's a, he's a solid player and he'll do exactly what it says on the tin. Um, but maybe last I... week we kind of lacked a little bit of imagination. So that, that was something that worried me. The fact we didn't get scored. I think George Ford adds more 
more sort of flair and magic moments than he's given credit for because I think he opens up those things for other people. So it makes it, he makes other people look good. I think George Ford is brilliant at that. Um, but you're right. I, I do agree. Thing. But then last week, like you say, we didn't score any tries. And that is not really... Like, that's not good enough. I think it was the first time in about 18 months, maybe longer, maybe the first time under Eddie Jones, that England haven't scored a point in the first half. It's... it's, it's that. That was the part that did worry me. I I think you need to be, you do need to be getting points. It is quite important that you're scoring points throughout the game. And I do think England, with their threats, should be scoring tries. But looking at the team this week, if we didn't score a try, it would be like, what the piercing hell is going on? You've got, I mean, look at that, Tuolagi, Cotnesiga, May, Daly. Those guys are absolute danger. They are proper danger men. So we need to be getting the ball to those guys. And then I think the tries will come in. Do, I mean, they're they're doing, by the looks of things, they're doing what we suspect is necessary in having young start uh, with Heinz coming off the bench. Again, this is something I discussed with Billy last weekend. We talked about it with, in the Danny Care with the Danny Kerr kind of set up back in the day, we were sort of saying that the trouble is is that Danny Kerr's almost played himself into that finisher role because he brings so much energy and ups the tempo in that last 20 minutes. And we've always felt that Ben Youngs doesn't offer that. So Ben Youngs just doesn't really suit the role of a finisher. Um, and is Willie Hines in danger of falling into that same trap of of being, you know, have it, of, of being that guy that, that's... that's going to be the finisher because of what he brings to the to the plate. So it was interesting listening to uh, Conor Murray chat. He said he thinks Ben Youngs is one of the most dangerous sniping scrum halves, um, which is interesting. I know they became mates on the line, so maybe that's picking up your mate. Um, if you could pick, so to answer bit, your question, yeah, yeah I, I think so. I think Ben Youngs is a starter. Okay, but now with what we've seen to date, where we are today, assuming everyone had sort of the same time in camp, who would your two scrum halves be? I think I'd have would, what we've got. I think I would go Willie Hines, Danny Kerr. Why are you whispering? Because I, it's a secret. I don't want to tell Eddie. Yeah. Um, I think I, I think I'd look at that. I think I'd I think I'd look to. At, at the moment, so I think Ben Youngs has got to prove himself this game. I, I think Willie Hines. Yeah, been it's, it's a big, it's a big game for Ben Youngs. Look, he's been he's been world class in the past, and there was no question about his selection. And maybe this is the problem. You know, we've seen him coming off the bench, and that's just not what that's not what he's about. You know, he is a starter. Um, you know, provides a solid platform at the beginning. Let someone come on and and turn up the the, the gas. Uh, a little bit later on, um, so I think it's good that he's starting. I think it's, it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. But you're right; he's got a, he's a, he needs a big game, and he just needs to to just quieten down any any uh, anyone that's questioning his his position. Um, but you know, that's that's a strong bench in the form of Willie Hines. An interesting one here: both Piers Francis and Jonathan Joseph on the bench, and I'm just wondering. How that? I mean, to me, that says that Farrell and Tuolagi coming off at some point, um, or you know, or Farrell possibly, moving to, yeah, po- possibly, moving to ten. Uh, 
But do you, do you take two and Aggie off? I so I don't know what I, I don't know what what was the scenario. So I know Henry Slade's not available, yeah. but then... but we've seen Francis Joseph twice. Do we need do we need to see it again? I just I feel like there might have been better better options. You know, have Watson on the bench, bring him on for Daly, move Daly to the wing, you know, mix it up that way. Because we haven't you know, Daly's played at fullback every time, and that's one of the that's one of the positions that I think most people, not you know, a lot of people now are saying, look, you need Daly on the pitch, but full is fullback really the best place for him? Or would you be better off saying, Do you know what, we need you, but you play on the wing and let's see Watson at the back because he's a little bit more secure under the high ball. Um, I'm still team Daly for fullback. But what do you think Daly offers at fullback that Watson doesn't? Because I know we know what like, Watson like, like we said before, doesn't. we're talking about two world class players. It's not that we're saying. I think. I actually think. I think Watson. I think you get more out of Watson overall if you've got Daly at fullback and Watson at wing. I think you get more out of them that way around. I think Daly can actually pick a gap slightly better than Watson. I think Watson as a winger can run and attack and turn people inside out. But I think Daly actually, my personal opinion is Daly reads the game. I think he's got a bigger, slightly bigger rugby brain. Daly also, if he kicks a ball, it could, might still be going next week. So he, he, you have got that clearance. Defensively, I don't, I don't have an issue with either. Um, to me, I prefer Daly at fullback and I and Watson on the wing. It's an interesting one. I, yeah, I mean, I I I'm the opposite. I think I'd, I'd rather see Daly on the wing, Watson at fullback. Um, but I do think looking at this bench, I would have had either Francis or Joseph, and I would have had another winger because I also think you want the option of Cochranasiga being either a big finisher. Or, you know, switching him up for someone who's a bit lighter on their feet, um, to, in, or, in order just to change things up a little bit. I think that's a, that's an option you want to keep viable, because um, it becomes a bit, you know, it, it, people cotton on. Like he's, I, I just wonder whether Cockenhasiga is a massive impact player. Yeah, it, 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 it's an interesting one. I so. Ah, oh, mate, I, I, I'm talking, I like the look of this team. I do like the look of this team, and I think it's close to a first team. Um, I think, look, first team, Farrell starts at 10. I think so. I think at the moment you've got Farrell at 10 to a at 12, and then at 13. It's either Slade or, go, or JJ. I'll probably go JJ at well, the on, moment. Well, on current form, but then Slade's been injured. Um, but I agree. I think right now, on current form, Farrell at 10. And we haven't seen this yet, don't forget. Not, not, yeah. not, not from a start, anyway. Um, but Farrell at 10, Tulagi at 12, JJ at 13. That's a strong 10, 12, 13 channel. Um, you know, May and Cochranasiga or May and Watson or May and Daly or Noel. There's there's so many connotations of what you could have out wide and, in fact, at the back. But we just haven't seen anything else. I just, I'd like to have seen, with all the sort of trying out of different combinations, I'd like to have seen at least once in in the two lots of 80 minutes we've played so far and another 80 minutes coming up an option at the back and I, there's no to me who else steps in at, like is there a replacement for daily in this 23 
I'd like to see Watson give him a shout at like who, who? Yeah, even if it's just to practice cover. I mean, Noel has been talked of as a potential cover. Um, McConaughey's been talked about as potential cover. And Watson is potential cover. And none of them are involved in this game. So it's just another game where Daly's spending 80 minutes at the back. It's also another game where Daly's learning. And yeah, yeah, 100%. But, but you know, we're running out of opportunities to try things out. Like, do we even know who the first choice replacement is? It's got to be Watson, right? Well, I mean, what about someone who doesn't start? Uh, or sorry, someone... Yeah, because I think Watson starts on the wing if you're playing daily at 15. So I'm thinking more like if you need to start someone different at fullback, who is it going to be? Well, if it's Watson... Well, I think you'd start Watson because you've got so many class wingers with May, so Noel... Why, so, so, so why are we not seeing that at some point in these warm-up games? Yeah, no, no, no. I agree. I, I'd like to. I'd like to see Watson start, and, and I think we might do against Italy. Yeah. Um, so I think that that to me that's one of the changes I would have made for this game. I'd have had Watson starting at fifteen and probably rested daily, um, or had him on the bench because he covers a few positions. Um, I'd have had a, a winger instead of two centres. Have have one of each on the bench. Other than that, I mean Wilson, he's going to get his first crack off the bench, hopefully for Billy. Um, obviously, he can go six. But I just, I do worry that Billy needs wrapping in cotton wool now. We've seen it. We know what he's capable of. We've, we knew before. And if we didn't know before, we certainly know now. That, you know, let's not take any unnecessary risks with him. He's too big, literally. He, he is, yeah, in every sense of the word, he's huge. Um, but I think we're going out to win this game. And I think we picked the team to win this game. Okay. Uh, Courtney Laws. Given that Wilson's on the bench, is Courtney Laws finally cover for the second row? Yeah. Because that's what we want to see, right? Yeah, yeah. Courtney, Courtney Laws is second row cover. That is exactly But he's what been involved twice now, but at six. And and as good a player as Courtney Laws is, I just don't think that's his best position. I don't think any of the awesome foursome are back row. They're, they're more than capable back row covers, but I don't think they should be considered as starting back row. Especially with who we've got, and can we please go on to this? Because this is this I like. This was a this was an Acker's original Curry Underhill. I think that's our solution. I think Curry Underhill Vernabella is an amazing back row. Curry is just well. You saw what the, what the All Blacks did with two sevens against Australia last weekend. So there's clearly a precedent for it. And when you when you have like those those people that break down like Navidi for Wales last week, mm. just seeing having that specialist seven, and- it was a huge part of what we lacked last week was was competitiveness at the breakdown, um, something Wales had and we didn't, um, and that's not to take anything away from the guys that were playing, but that's just not their speciality. Whereas in Curry and Underhill, that's what they do day in day out, and when you got Billy providing so much impact with his kind of bulk from the back. This is why we called it back when we called it. It was, you know, let, let's get two guys going in and stealing the ball every five seconds because, you know, think think the pressure you could put teams under if you're turning them over every five minutes. And then you've got Billy picking and going and just running through people. And if he can't do it, you can pop it to Manu and he can do it. And if he can't do it, pop it to Big Joe on the wing and let him have a go. And that's not even starting to talk about your Marlers, your Georges, your Sinklers. I mean, Jamie George, we've got another wing cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That little break down the wing, little show and go, beautiful. 
That's what we like to see. I, I think he would lost. Yeah, I mean, in the back row, if you're opposition back row and you see Curry Underhill, you're like, oh, for God's sake, because those guys will tackle hard all day long, will fight for everything. If a tidal wave was coming, Curry and Underhill would try and smash it back. Those two, if if they're playing, I really like this and I really want to see how this works. And I think they're both such quality players that I think this could well be our starting back row for a World Cup when we're in the World Cup final. I mean, it's certainly something that I would happily see. I, equally, having one of Curry or Underhill starting and the other one on the bench with Wilson at six and playing a more traditional, you know, out-and-out six at six and an out-and-out seven at seven with cover that can cover either six or seven, depending. Um, you know, and you've got options then. Wilson can move into the eight spot. I, yeah, I, I think I think either way round, I'm happy. You know, if you're looking at a, a World Cup final um, squad, I think the four of them, Curry, Underhill, Vunapola, Wilson, in in however they're they're gonna the, the you know which one of them's on the bench, I think that's a pretty strong back row. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad, is it? It's not um, bad at all. And obviously, the in in finally in uh, in news, Mako is back from injury. I'm glad that he's starting on the bench. I think let's just ease him in. We do not want to get any more injuries um, because yeah, he, he might just be the difference. And you know, Marla Mako for a long time, it was sort of a which one of them is the is the gun prop. I'm just going to leave it as prop. <laughs> um, <laughs> well played. But, you know, the, the, the two of them were kind of constantly competing. Vunapola obviously took the lead and is becoming was becoming more and more world-class all the time. Obviously, injuries, a bit of a setback. He's back. He's going to get his run out. That's pretty big for us as well, isn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think Mako is the best... Uh... Prop. Lefty righty prop in the world. I I think Mako is he like when you're saying like a gun prop. I think I think Mako is the one. Marla though is so good. And actually, after the South Africa tour, I had Marla slightly above Mako. Um, above Mako at the moment though. To me, Mako the amount of tackles the guy makes. He makes like twenty five tackles a game or something, which for a prop is ridiculous. It would have taken. It would have taken, I don't know, the likes of, you know, back in the day, Frank Hotton, it would have taken him four seasons to make that many tackles. Not not because he wasn't a good player, but just because it was a, a different time. Mako is just so integral, and yeah, I can't I mean, wait to see him. You look at Carl Sink, uh, Sinclair on the other side of the scrum, um, you know, back in the in the Six Nations against Wales before he was taken off because of the, um, the, the ref, obviously, taking exception. He'd made something like, 20 tackles in the first half you know it was something outrageous um is dan in the same way that we talked about it with the scrum half is dan cole a finisher uh i, I think he's a cover isn't he i think i think at prop i i think it probably takes on a different meaning as a finisher i think what dan cole can do is come on and help steady a ship is yeah i just i i wonder whether the impact that carl sinclair can have is more valuable coming off the bench for 25 minutes I'd, I'd have him start yeah I guess I've got him I've got him above run. I've got him above Coley I do I too I do too and I, and I know that you know traditionally you just say start your best your best team but the game has evolved and it is about picking your 23 and being tactical and sometimes that means actually having players that are 
better I've, and I've, i guess the thing is better how do you defining better like he's certainly better as a carrier and he's better as an impact player and he's you know and that can be valuable at the beginning or at the end so yeah it's a difficult one yeah it's not and and i think this finisher thing i think it's it's easy to get caught up in it uh a bit too much because i think sometimes in finishes you've got to bear in mind yes the impact he could have but actually if a game is going against you and things it's, it's to come on as a finisher is hard. So I think you want, need to start your best team every time, regardless of what impact you're looking for, because you want to take control of the game. Yeah, this is very true. Um, I think that probably, Dan, uh, covers most of what's been what's been happening in the last 24, 48 hours. It's a big game, obviously, this weekend. Is there anything else that you think we want to cover? Or should we let these good people... Uh, I, I think their... we need to get back to their day, get back to uh, having having some fun. And we need to keep an eye on France. We need to see what they're doing this weekend. Um, and Does that mean I have to pay for pay-per-view? No, no, just wait a couple well, actually, of days. So, yeah. Well, I wonder if it's, uh, it might be that, because was it in Scotland or was it in France last weekend? I was in France, I believe. I, I apparently have been known to get this wrong before, but I'm pretty sure it was in France. So I'm assuming, therefore, it's in Scotland this weekend. Uh, I did, do you know what? I, I genuinely don't know. I would have thought so. I will look into it. I'll do my best to try and find out what actually happens this time around. Um, I will tell you, it is. It's in Scotland. There you go. So does that make it? I mean, it's irrelevant if it has no bearing on the channel that's showing it. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um but we need to keep an eye on that because we, we need to see what France are doing. Now, France starting to do their whole World Cup thing where they suddenly, suddenly have a great World Cup. For no reason whatsoever. I mean, to yeah. be fair to France, on paper, they've been strong for, for a long time, haven't they? And it's Forever, just, yeah. For some reason, it doesn't translate onto the pitch. So, um, yeah, well, we'll definitely keep an eye on that. But, you know, we've got to concentrate on what's important to us, and that is a team performance. And I have every faith in this particular team. Um, I'll do my predictions with Billy on Saturday morning. But Dan, what are yours? What are you thinking? I, obviously England. Of course. I'm going for a 25-12 England. Okay. I, 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 think, yeah. I think they're going to be a bit of a whitewash. In. Interesting. Um, the last time we played Ireland, it was in Dublin and we and we did a job. Um, we're back at HQ. We've got a strong side. Yeah, I think it could be it could be a strong performance from our boys. Um, it doesn't really matter, but as fans, we want to see a good strong win. So I think that's a good shout, um, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in again. Uh, as we mentioned at the beginning, Billy will be back with us um, for the the live game on Saturday. Uh, and we will obviously uh, bring you all of that as it happens. Um, but if you get the opportunity, head over to iTunes, rate us, review us, let us know what you think. We'll obviously read out your reviews. If you've got any questions for us or you've got any fun facts or you want to school us on something that we clearly know nothing about, uh, you can reach us um, via email, englandrugbypod at gmail.com, or you can get hold of us on social media at englandrugbypod. Um, uh, and yeah, just kind of join in the conversation, and we will catch you guys on Saturday. Bye, guys.